5 this morning. Romans chapter 5. Uh, we're going to use this as a jump-off text. Romans chapter 5. And we're going to take a, just a break for a week from our <clears throat> study in Luke. And here's the reason. I think in the <clears throat> current situation that we're in, we need a little bit of hope. We need to actually focus a bit on hope because it's easy for us to just get wrapped up uh, in all that's going on in our world around us. And the hope drains out of us. I got, a, I got an email. This is totally unrelated, but uh, it's related in a sense. I got an email from a, uh, a friend in the U.S. just this morning. It came in, and he said this. He said, I hear on the news that 70% uh, of the young people of Ireland are thinking of leaving because things are so bad in Ireland. How can we pray for you? I'm thinking... Where do you get that from? I didn't hear that. <laughs> I mean, I know things are, things are tough enough right now, but 70% of the young people of Ireland, you know, what he did was he obviously heard a news report, and probably there's some basis somewhere uh, for it. Somebody read or said something, and there's some basis somewhere for it. But I don't know if 70% of people want to leave. 70% of you want to leave? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's where, where we're at at the moment. And yeah, the economy's bad. And yes, the housing crisis is bad. And yes, there are all kinds of issues and problems going on. But you know what? God is still good. And he's still on the throne. And we need to have hope. What happens, though, is <clears throat> the news cycle is pretty grim. Uh, Catastrophic news is the order of the day. Have, have you noticed that about the headlines? That they, you know, they don't just say it's going to rain this week. It's always going to rain in Ireland, by the way. It's always going to rain in Ireland. Right? We're going to have these few glorious days in the year when it doesn't rain and the sun splits the trees and we're going to rejoice in them, enjoy them. But you know what? We have a green, misty country that's the envy of the world and it's caused by rain. Uh, it's going to rain uh, in Ireland. But what, what you get is not it's going to rain. You get there's, there's, there's going to be flash floods and there's going to be uh, danger for people and stay home and, and then there's going to be heat and don't take your dog for a walk because uh, the dog can get killed in the heat and so on. And, and you know, it's always catastrophic. Every headline you read uh, is catastrophic. In fact, they've actually coined a term for it, right? <clears throat> and the term uh, is this. Uh, they call it headline stress disorder. It's, it, it, psychologists have actually put a term on it. Now, what's the issue there? The issue is that what you're doing is you're looking at headlines all the time, and because you have so much information coming at you all the time, the headlines are looking to grab your attention. And so they're thinking up something catastrophic that makes you want to read that. But most of the time, what you're doing is you're not actually reading all the article. You're just actually looking at the headline, and you're kind of imbibing catastrophe and panic. Now, I was born in a different world, okay? I mean, it's a different, I think it was a different universe. Uh, I was born in the day when Charlie Mitchell read the news. How many of you remember when Charlie Mitchell used to read the news? Right, Charlie Mitchell read the news forever. But Charlie Mitchell, when I was a kid, read the news at 1 o'clock, and then at 6 o'clock in the evening, right? It was on the radio because there was no TV. And woe betide you if you made noise when the adults were listening to Charlie Mitchell reading the news. But when Charlie Mitchell was done reading the news, it was done. You didn't have to hear it all day. You didn't have newspapers even coming into the house. You did, certainly didn't have uh, live stream uh, media uh, filling your head with, with all kinds of things. And so what you've got is you've got a constant stream of news coming your way. 
You've got news uh, about COVID, uh, news about Ukraine, news about climate change, how, how it's all going to be a disaster. And, and by the way, as I say these things, do, do you kind of feel that tightening in your gut? Uh, the reason you've got that tightening in your gut is because you're being told it's a disaster, the world's going to end. By the way, they've been saying the world's going to end because of climate change one way or the other for years and years and years. Now, I'm not saying there's not changes happening in the climate. What I am saying is it won't end God says it's going to end. And um, uh, you're hearing uh, about inflation, uh, interest rates going up, uh, the energy crisis. We're going to have no electricity this, this uh, winter, and we're all going to freeze. Now, if you get really cold, just come to my house, all right? Because my wife will be warm, even if it means burning the furniture. Right? In my house, it'll be warm. Somehow, she will make sure that it's warm. And we're not going to freeze. Uh, you know, it's not go we're, we're, we're not going to lose it all this year. And yet, is, isn't that what the news is telling you? And you carry this kind of a knot in your stomach. Oh, no. It's going to be bad. <clears throat> uh, we have even the threat of nuclear war. And all of it is cast in catastrophic terms. And if you're not careful, what happens is you find yourself with just <clears throat> a lingering dread just a lingering dread because of all the things that you're reading and all the things that you're hearing, and your anxiety and <clears throat> is ratcheting up. And you know what? We need to kind of catch that in our minds and in our thinking. We need to take care of that. You and I can't live without hope. And if we listen to a steady diet of bad news, bad news that's not just bad but is cast as catastrophic cast as it's the end and it just amazes me how often you read a headline and it's like it's the end of the world type headline right? if, if we live on a steady diet of that the hope drains out of us and we end up thinking you know what there's no good going to happen that's just not true that is just not true. This old world was made by God. He primed it, he set it rolling, and he keeps it rolling, and it will roll to the day he says it's over. And when he says it's over, I'm happy for it to be over, because I'm going to be with him. There is nothing catastrophic out there that's going to happen and destroy everything. All right, so let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll dive in, because we want to we get some scripture in our, in our guts to actually give us hope in this day. Father in heaven, would you bless us as we look to your word? Oh, Lord, help us. Lift us up, we pray, Lord. Draw us near to you, Lord, and help us to see the reality of your power uh, in a world that just doesn't know you and doesn't recognize you. And, oh, Lord, may we be those people, Lord, that have a, an answer for the hope that is within us. And, Lord, may we, in a darkened world, Lord, uh, be beacons of light because we're in connection with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, right? <clears throat> Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Now let me say this. What the world is going through right now is definitely tribulations. 
It's difficult. And that's not the great tribulation, but it's tribulations. It's difficulty. And, and what you're experiencing in your home and in your, and in your life, you know, there's, there's tribulation involved in that. These, these are difficult times. All right? uh, we, but we're supposed to glory in tribulations. Doesn't that sound mad? Doesn't that sound crazy? Why would you glory in tribulation? Why would you glory in things being difficult? Why would you glory in, <clears throat> in problems? Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Now, patience is the word endurance. Tribulation helps you to hang in there. Tribulation helps you to endure hard things. Tribulation is not about you giving up and saying, oh, there's no way I can do this. No, tribulation is about you actually learning to endure hard things. And patience, endurance, experience. You know, when we go through hard times and come out the other end of them, that's experience. And you're supposed to remember that. That's why it'd be real good for some of you to journal, because what you can do is you can look back uh, years later uh, and look at the things that you wrote down uh, years ago and realize, you know what? That looked really bad. I thought I was going to be gone. But look, I'm still here. And everything is still going. So patience works experience and experience hope. And hope is a lifeline that comes into your life, right? Uh, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, uh, which is given unto us. You're not going to experience the love of God without hope. Without you being able to hope in a better day. All right, so <clears throat> let's, let's go through uh, our message this morning. First of all, we're going to define hope, right? <clears throat> now, where is your hope going to be? For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. That's the message of the Bible. My hope is not supposed to be uh, based upon the changing times. We're not crossing our fingers and hoping the dice turns out with the right number. We're not hoping the politicians get it right. We're not trusting that the government can turn the climate crisis around. We're not hoping that the war ends soon so we can get back to normal. We are trusting that the God who is good will do us good no matter what happens. That's hope. The God who is good will do us good no matter what happens doesn't immunize us from tribulations, but in the tribulation we have a hope uh, of, of better things. Hope is the biblical shorthand for unconditional certainty. Now the world talks about hope and it defines the word differently uh, than the Bible does. Uh, uh, hope in the word in the world uh, implies uncertainty, right? Uh, we're, 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 we, we want a certain outcome, but we're not sure and we're hoping. We're crossing our fingers and we're hoping. Right? That's not what the Bible means when it talks about hope. When the Bible talks about hope, it's talking about a sure hope. It's talking about a certainty. It's talking about something that God has promised and will do. But it's talking about us having the capacity to actually believe and hope that it's going to come through. That God is going to do what he said he will do. It's talking about us believing that God can actually work it out, that he can do it, right? Uh, and our hope is in him. Uh, um, hope, according to the Baker Evangelical Dictionary, means to trust in, wait for, look for, or desire something or someone, or to expect something beneficial in the future. Our hope lies in the fact that Jesus died and paid the price for our sins and that because we are his, no matter what happens, one day we will open our eyes in his presence with all our trials behind us. Now, folks, you've you got to buy into that hope as a believer. 
You've got to buy into that. Listen, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as, as your Savior, the fact that one day you're going to wake up in his presence is a given. It's done. It's real. That's what's going to happen. You're going to wake up in his presence one day. But, you know, there's a difference between the, the fact of the reality of I'm going to wake up in his presence and me having that living hope in myself and thinking, you know what? When all this is over, I'm going to be with him. It changes your perspective on the things you're going through in the world completely. The fact that one day, when all of this is over, I'm going to enter into his presence. And the believer is supposed to live with that in their minds all the time. We're supposed to be looking for the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Expecting it, waiting. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to live your life. It doesn't mean you're not going to do the best you can with what you've got in this situation. But on top of all of it, overarching your whole life is this idea, one day I'm going to wake up in his presence. Win, lose, or draw. I have this certainty that I'm going to wake up in his presence. So whatever happens in this world is <clears throat> beneath that. that. That's secure. That's sure. right? But that's not the only promise that we have. You have to keep that in your head. We also have promises from God that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We're promised his presence every day of our lives. Now, some people live with the reality of his presence. Other people know it's true, but they don't live with that reality. Listen, you're supposed to live with the reality of his presence. By the way, uh, if you want help with that, come out on Wednesday nights. We're dealing with abiding in Christ. We're going to be dealing with it for several weeks. Come out on Wednesday nights. We're, we're, we're going to study abiding with Christ to help you actually to, to, to make that vital connection and to stay in that place uh, with him. But we have a promise of his presence. We also have a promise of his provision. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Right? What does that mean? That means that God promises that no matter what, he will take care of you as you seek him. Now, the government can't promise you that. All, the, all, all that we see in the news can't promise you that, but God can make that promise and keep that promise. I will be with you and I will take care of you. So three, three things that, that I have to need to have in my mind all the time. Right? First of all, I'm going to be with him. When all this is over, no matter what happens, when all this is over, I'm going to be with him. Secondly, he promises he will be with me now. And thirdly, he will take care of me. Doesn't that just drain the anxiety out of your heart? It's supposed to. It's supposed to drain the anxiety out of your heart. Because there is a God who is above all... Uh, <clears throat> who has you in his hand and can take care of you. read this this week and it was a great help to me. Hope is the conviction that God has gone before us, is always present with us, will never leave us, is sovereign over us, and has eternal plans for us and for all of his creation. Let me read it to you again. Hope is the conviction that God has gone before us, is always present with us, will never leave us, is sovereign over us, and has eternal plans for us and for all his creation. Do you know that God has an eternal plan for your life? God is not looking at your life and hoping you make it through the next few weeks. God's not looking at your life and hoping you make it through the winter. God looks at your life and he has a plan for the next 10 million years and beyond. 
Now think about this. If he has a plan that that's big, is he really going to let this current crisis end you? Doesn't that sound ridiculous? If he gave his son for you, is he really going to say, well, you know what, I couldn't find enough bread to give you? Now, he doesn't promise you everything you want. But he promises to take care of you. He promises that he will look after you. And if you know him in any way, you know that's true. You know that he takes care of his children. <clears throat> I've been walking with him for, I suppose, about 35, 36 years now. And if I know one thing about him, I know this, he takes care of his children. He takes care of his children. Well, listen, he brings trials into your life. But he takes care of his children. Do you know that you know that too? The enemy would like to knock it out of you. The enemy would like to put, <coughs> to put you in the place <coughs> where you can't really see that, where you can't think that. But do you know that God takes care of his children and he will take care of you? The things that threaten to end you will not end you. The current crisis will not end you. Listen, we will come through this, and listen, in all likelihood, oh, we'll see several more crises before we're done. It won't end us. Our God will take care of us now, and he will take care of us then, and then one day we will go to be with him. You see, the future is as bright as the promises of God. <clears throat> but mark it down. Hope is not something that's kind of, well, you know what, I'm kind of, I'm, 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 a, I'm an optimistic kind of a character, so I'm hopeful. Well, I'm pessimistic, so I'm not hopeful. Hope is not that kind of a thing. Hope is the lifeblood of a human being. It is definitely the lifeblood uh, of a believer. Uh, <clears throat> Warren Wearsby said this. He said, no Christian life then is complete, which does not include this forward look of joyous certitude towards a bright future. You and I are supposed to have this forward look uh, with certitude, a joyous certitude of a bright future. <clears throat> For hope as a grace is not mere a spirit of what we call hopefulness or a natural buoyancy of temperament. It is dis a distinctly Christian virtue, the result of union with God in Christ, and it has for its immediate object the Lord Jesus at his glorious appearing, and for its ultimate eternal and exhaustless substance the glories of heaven and God as our all in all. What, what is God saying to us? God is saying, listen, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I made you mine. I, I, I brought you into my family. I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. And when it's all done and over, I'm going to take you to be with me. That's what God is saying to you. And the problem for us is, though, that when we look at the news cycle, when we, you know, you turn on Euronews, right? <clears throat> Euronews plays the same news over and over and over again. Right? You look at the different reports, you look at social media, and you see the news stories that come up. But when you look at those things, it's catastrophe, it's disaster, it's all falling apart, we're all going to die. But when you lift your eyes to the living God, the picture changes completely. Remember Peter? Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. And, he, and I, said, I love Peter because he's always putting it out there. But <clears throat> he says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. Why did you do that, Peter? I would never do that. I don't want to walk on water. I mean, it's, you're in the middle of a storm. And so Jesus said, okay, it is, come on. 
And Peter steps out of the boat and he looks into the face of the Lord Jesus Christ and he's walking on water. How cool is that? <laughs> but what happens? Then he took his eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ and he started looking at the waves and he starts sinking. That was a terrible moment in his life when he started sinking. And listen, fair play to him. He cries out, Lord, save me. And the Lord Jesus put out an arm and drew him up out of the water. But you know what? As long as he was looking at the Lord Jesus Christ, he was fine. As soon as he took his eyes off Jesus and onto the storm, he got afraid and he started to sink. You and I are very tempted often to take our eyes off of God and to look at the storm. And when we do, we start sinking. We start going down with it. Listen, hope is a lifeline that throws out to us, that helps us to come out. Tozer wrote this. Hope is a word which, we ha which has taken on a new and deeper meaning for us because the Savior took it into his mouth. Loving him and obeying him, we suddenly discover that hope is really the direction taken by the whole Bible. Hope is the music of the whole Bible, the heartbeat, the pulse, the atmosphere of the whole Bible. Hope means a desirable expectation, a pleasurable anticipation. As men know this word, it often blows up in our faces and often cruelly disappoints us as human beings. Hope that is only human will throw us down and wound us just as pleasurable anticipation often turns into discouragement or sorrow. But hope that is in him never does. We have an eternal hope. It's important to us. So the importance of hope, it's an anchor for your soul. You know, <clears throat> here's what you find. You, you, you find, you know, in the trials of life, with, with all that's coming at you, you've got the news stream that's telling you all these things, all these bad things that are happening. The, <clears throat> the world's going to die. Uh, it's going to burn up because of the climate change, and you've seen all the bad weather this summer. Uh, but listen, since there's an energy crisis, it's going to get worse anyway. And, and the war in Ukraine may develop into a, into a nuclear war. And the, <clears throat> the economy's in, in Iraq in a ruin, and there's not enough housing. And all those things are coming. Then you have your own personal issues. You know, you got sickness, you got your family, uh, you got uh, the issues and the problems. All of these things can come and they can sit on you like a weight. And what they do is you're sinking with them. But you know what? Hope anchors your soul. Hope anchors your soul in him who cannot be overcome. In him who never fails. Hope anchors your soul. It stops you from being tossed to and fro by all the junk that's coming at you and puts you in the place where I'm centered on him. And you can have peace in the midst of the storm. You can have the peace that passeth all understanding, but only when you're centered on him. Not when you're centered on the world and on the things uh, of the world. <clears throat> What you need to do is you need to learn to say, but God, when you hear bad news. But God. You see, the news cycle will never include the reality of God. You know, first of all, most of them don't know God. Secondly, it doesn't serve their purpose. You know, what's the point of saying, you know, uh, Putin uh, may get angry now because he's backed into a corner and he may send nuclear bombs our way. And if he, if he blows up England, we're gone too. Uh, you know, uh, what's the point of saying, but God's in charge at the end of that? What they do is they destroy their whole headline. But you need to bring that into it. 
Listen, the Bible says that a sparrow doesn't fall from the air without God. Do you think that Putin is big enough and strong enough to overcome the reality of God and to do what he likes? No. Nor is anybody else in this world. Nor are the difficult people in your life. Nobody's big enough and strong enough to overcome God. <clears throat> and so nothing is going to happen in our lives apart from God letting it happen. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I don't think he's done with us yet. Now, listen, I'm ready. I'm ready for the trumpet sound. I'm ready to meet him in the air. I am ready for that. But I don't think he's done with us yet. I think we're going to ride through this whole crisis thing, and we're going to come out the other end of it, uh, and God's going to give us some opportunities to serve him in the midst of it. So don't let's let all of that terror that's coming your way. <clears throat> By the way, do you know that's exactly what someone like Putin wants? He wants to hold his finger around the button so that you and I get terrified and lose hope. He wants to be a big man and make us feel it. But we know a bigger man. We know somebody that's in charge of Putin <clears throat> and in charge of Russia and in charge of all of it. And God wants us to trust in him, not in that. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Blessed means happy. A happy man trusts in the Lord and his hope is in the Lord. <clears throat> um, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 says, And now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. It's a cardinal Christian virtue. virtue. <clears throat> God wants you to have hope. He wants you to trust him and to have hope. Uh, Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What's the hope of his calling? Heaven. But it's more than that. God didn't call you just to take you to heaven. God called you to take you to heaven and to walk with you through the rest of your days. He's got a plan for you. When you got saved, you stepped into his great plan for you and for your life. That's the hope of his calling. Uh, <clears throat> you need to learn to watch the uh, world's news cycle and say, but God, God's in this. <clears throat> God's more powerful than all of that. First uh, Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now catch this. The world's hope is all tied up to the world. Whatever's happening in the world is where their hope's going to be. Unless they can kind of blank it out and hope for something else, whatever's happening in the world is where their hope's going to be. Your hope and my hope is anchored to something much stronger so that we should be able to actually live with hope in our hearts and they're saying to you, what gives with you? Everything's falling apart and you're acting like everything's just fine. What's, what's your problem? Why are you hopeful? Are you, are you stupid or something? And that's when you get some of the richest opportunities to witness because your hope, your trust, is not in what's happening in the world. It's in him. And you know what? The situation in the current world hasn't taken a feather out of God. It hasn't touched him in any way. In fact, what you'll find is someday you'll actually see it, maybe when you get to heaven, 
<coughs> that he had a purpose in allowing everything that's happening right now to happen, a good purpose, because he's a good God. He had a purpose in allowing it to happen. But you can have hope when the world despairs. Um, <clears throat> 1 John 3, verse 3 says, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. You know, when you have hope and you're looking to God, you want to walk with him and you want to be close to him. And that, that's, that's, that's a motivation for you to get close to him. But you know, the opposite is true, too. That when you don't have any hope, it leads to wickedness and shame. Jeremiah 18, 12 says this, and they said, there is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices and we will everyone do the imagination of his evil heart. You know what? <clears throat> when you have no hope, when you lose hope, you start living for now. I just want to make myself feel good now. It doesn't matter because there, there is no hope and it's all gone bad and it's all gone sour. Uh, <clears throat> one night at dinner, a man who had spent many summers in Maine fascinated his companions by telling of his experiences in a little town named Flagstaff. The town was to be flooded as part of a large lake for which a dam was being built. In the months before uh, it was to be flooded, all improvements and repairs in the whole town were stopped. Uh, why repair anything when the whole village was to be wiped out? So week by week, the whole town became more and more bedraggled, more gone to seed, more woebegone. Then he added by way of explanation, where there is no hope in the future, there is no power in the present. That's true. Where there's no hope in the future, there's no power in the present. You just get lethargic. What's the point? <clears throat> we need hope. We have to have hope. People without hope are people without a future, and we have a future, and we have a hope. Now, let me make this point to you, too. Hope is not natural. <clears throat> My understanding of things biblically is this, right? That all the good things I'm supposed to feel, all the good things that I'm supposed to take on board uh, are not the easy things to take on board. <clears throat> you see, when it comes to hope, my natural and your natural uh, disposition is not to hope. To despair, in fact. Now, you may not, you may not be someone uh, who goes into despair, but that's what naturally happens. Naturally, we look at the situation around us and we go, oh, no, how are we going to get out of this? There's no way out of this. Right? So we have to actually think in order to put ourselves in a better place. Now, Lamentations 3, <clears throat> 18 through 26, is Jeremiah. And Jeremiah spent his whole life preaching against the sins of Israel and telling them, listen, Get out of your wickedness. If you don't stop being wicked, God's going to judge you. They didn't. They wouldn't. They fought him. They put him in prison. They did all kinds of terrible things to him. Finally, what happens, what he had predicted would happen if they didn't turn around, happens. How painful is that? You spent your whole life trying to warn these people not to do that, and they did it anyway. And... <clears throat> Jerusalem gets destroyed. This, this, this is before the Romans now, long before that. Jerusalem gets destroyed. The enemy comes in, and Assyria, and destroys Jerusalem. Right? And so he's left sitting in Jerusalem, and it's, it's just a rubbish heap. The people are killed or taken away. The city is destroyed. And here's what he says. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. 
That's a bad day. That is a bad day. But look what he says. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. Okay? <clears throat> what did he do? He said, I, I recalled some things. I remembered some things. I, on purpose, thought about some things. This I recall to mind, <clears throat> therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his confessions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm still here. God is still faithful. God will still take care of me. God did exactly what he said he was going to do. God will still take care of me. <clears throat> but the natural flow of his emotions at that point was just to weep over Jerusalem. But he says, no. I am going to recall to mind the goodness of God. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Even if my city is destroyed, even if everything is gone, I have him. And therefore have I hope. You know what? If you want to have hope, you've got to gather your thinking and bring it to the right place because it won't go there naturally. Naturally, it will go the way of the world. It will go the way of looking at things and thinking, oh my goodness, this is so bad. Uh, <clears throat> it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of God. What did Jeremiah do? He stopped and he thought, you know, it could be you doing this. You know, you journaled some things that God did in your life. And so when the hard times come, you stop and you go back through them. And you look at the good things God did before. And because God did you good things before when you're in a bad place, you're expecting him to do you good things again now that you're in a bad place. And you bring it to mind. You don't just go with it. <clears throat> in Psalm 42, verse 5 and 11, David uh, is, in, is in trouble, right? And, and he gives himself a talking to. Now listen to what he says. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. David says, listen, what are you, what, what are you doing letting yourself go into depression, David? You need to hope in God because you, you're going to praise him. Sooner or later, you're going to end up praising him for what he's going to do in your life. You and I need to keep that in mind. Give yourself a good talking to. Don't, don't, don't just let yourself go the way of the emotions. You know, we're all going to die and it's all terrible and, this and <clears throat> there's no way out of this and, and you know, it's, never going to be, it's never going to be right. No, give yourself a good talking to. Hope is essential to life. Our hope is not in people or circumstance or governments or in look, but in the person of God and his promises. Our hope is not in any of those things. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. That's where my trust is. Uh, the Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter the voice, his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall speak. Uh, <clears throat> but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Do you know that it doesn't take much for us to hope in good times? You know what? It's easy. But when times get hard, when times get difficult, when the problems begin to mount and the finances are tight and maybe your health is affected and maybe there's problems in the home and relationships and all those things are going on in your life, 
You know, it's hard to hope then. But you know what? There's a pureness to it because you're not hoping in the circumstances anymore. You're hoping in him. Peter wasn't walking on water because he had big flat feet. Peter was walking on water because he was hoping in Jesus. And you know what? There was a purity to that. There's a purity when you and I decide we're going to hope in him. We're going to actively hope in him. Then finally, how do I build hope? Right? Well, let me give you some things. Right? Stop allowing the news to steal your peace. Just stop allowing it to steal your peace. Stop looking at it all the time. <clears throat> Remember, but God. It doesn't factor in but God. God's in charge. The news is not. World leaders are not in charge. God's in charge. Limit your media time. Put a limit on your media time. You know, I, I don't sleep well, so I'll, I'll, wake, I'll be awake most nights for a couple of hours uh, in the middle of the night. Right Now, <clears throat> it is really easy for me, because I'm kind of a news hound, to come down in the middle of the night and start looking at the news headlines. That's disastrous. That is absolutely disastrous. There's no hope in that thing. That, that'll just get your anxiety going, <laughs> especially the news that we're looking at uh, right now. But you know, <clears throat> well, you, you need to limit that time that you look at it. You need to, you, we, all, we all have this, 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 this constant flood of media into our lives where we can see news all the time. Limit it. I mean, <clears throat> oh, for the days when it was Charlie Mitchell at lunchtime and in the evening time, and that was it. <laughs> that was all the news that you got. I mean, people could kind of cope with that, but it's not like that now. You know, and, and it's, the, the, the news is trying to reel you in because they're trying to make money out of it. And so they're always putting things up. So listen, limit the time that you look at it. Set specific times when you look at the news. You need to know what's going on. But you don't need to be immersed in it. You don't need to be immersed in somebody else's opinions of what's going on. Set specific times. And the same with social media. Because it just, it just ratchets up in your life. Set yourself limits on the amount of time that you spend on it, that you spend looking at those things, right? Don't leave this constant news reel going on in your mind. And then read your Bible. Romans 15 verse 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You know what works for me when I wake in the middle of the night? If I open my Bible and start letting the Lord Jesus Christ speak into my life. You know, if I go to the newsreels, it just goes on and on and on and it's all down. But if I open my Bible and I start reading about the lovely Lord Jesus and reading about the things he's done in the past and reading about all, all that God has, you know what? Hope rises. Listen, if you're not having a daily devotional time when you draw near to God... You need it. It's not a duty. It's not a sin that you, that you don't do it. It's just something you need. You get to spend time with him. And you need it to counter all that's going on in the world. You need to draw near to him. You need to let his word speak into your life. There's nothing new under the sun, and there has never been a time when God was not in charge. And there never will be. It's hard when you're in the midst of it to see that. But you know what? When you start looking at the scripture and you look at the things that happened in the past, God is in charge. 
mean, if you had stood at the foot of the cross the day that Jesus was crucified, you'd, you'd have thought it was all over. But you look back now and you say, whoa, what a day. Best day this old world has ever had. When, when Jesus actually went to the cross and paid the price for our sins. And that's what scripture does. Scripture gives you the big picture. Not just the <clears throat> catastrophic news that's coming at you from other areas. Learn to say, but God. Bring God into it. Because he belongs in it. And sooner or later, by the way, even the world is going to know that God is in all of us. Sooner or later, it's going to be revealed that God is in charge of his world. He has never not been in charge of his world. Get to know this God of hope. That's, that's the joy of the believer's life, to get to know this God of hope. Spend your time getting to know him. <clears throat> and spend time speaking to him. Hearing from him through his word. But get to know him. You see, you can't live without hope. <clears throat> the world and the enemy want to steal your hope. But God wants to infuse you with hope because he's got a great plan going on. Uh, a study of concentration camp survivors found that those prisoners who were able to hold on to their sense of hope, things are going to get better or things are go going to, we're going to get out of here one day, were much more likely to survive. Hope then is not optional for these prisoners. It proved to be a matter of life and death. Hope's a matter of life and death for you. Hope is something to fight for. Hope is something for you to reckon uh, on as being very important in my life. You need hope. There is abundant hope available to you. Paul closed one of his, one of his letters, Romans, with this. He said, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. God fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope. Listen, if the world's getting you down, if the world is tearing the life out of you and sucking the life out of you and, you know, ratcheting up your anxiety... Listen, stop looking at the world and start looking at him. And what you'll find is there's abundant hope. Oh, listen, today's circumstances won't change. But you know what? As you begin to see things from God's perspective and the picture gets big, you change. And hope rises in your heart. It's not rocket science. But if you do what you've always done, you'll be what you've always been. But if you change what you're doing, you can learn to be a hopeful person. Let's stand for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God of hope and that you breathe hope into our lives when we look to you. Now, blessed spirit of the living God, would you breathe hope into this, dear people? Oh, Lord, lift their hearts to you, Lord, and help them to see you and know that you are indeed a God that is in charge, that controls everything, that loves them, that will be with them, and one day they get to be with you. And Lord, for that person that doesn't know you as Savior, that doesn't know they're on their way to heaven, Lord, would you bring conviction that won't quit, Lord, until they make that right. In Jesus' precious name, amen.